0: Hey everybody and welcome to episode 88 of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast. I'm your host and fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. My guest on this episode is the author of the new book, The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Please welcome to Metallicast, William Irwin. William, how are you?
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Brandon. Pleasure to be speaking with you.
0: Likewise, this has been, uh, I feel like this has been a long time in the making. We've been uh, in contact a little bit on and off over the last couple years via Twitter. Um, You have a previous book about Metallica, Metallica and Philosophy, A Crash Course in Brain Surgery that has been out now for several years. Um, And now we have the second Metallica book um, by you. And uh, I I, I gotta know, obviously you're a massive Metallica fan. Uh, You have Two books, like I said, under your name about the band. How did you first discover them and become a fan of their music?
1: Well, that goes back uh, to 1984. Uh, I was about 14 at the time, and uh, I was a young metalhead. And uh, so before that, I had been into, you know, the standards, uh, Sabbath, Ozzy, Priest, Maiden, Accept, Queensryche, those sort of bands. And uh, in 1984, Ride the Lightning had come out, and a local college radio station from Long Island, WCWP, uh, were playing them. Uh, I didn't quite tune in that way. I think I heard uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls at a party. And uh, after that, my best friend at the time, Joe, uh, had the album, Ride the Lightning. He taped it for me, and... The rest is history in, in a way. It, uh, it was just a step beyond everything else that was going on in metal at the time.
0: Nice. I, I love that you had like a, a recorded cassette from a friend because that's how I got my first recording for Metallica, except it was the Black Album. My next-door neighbor uh, took his older sister's copy of the Black Album, put it on a cassette, and I remember it because side a and side B were cut off. So the, uh, it was, uh, why am I blinking? Don't tread on me. And, uh, the struggle within were both just like cut off halfway through. All right.
1: I think on, on mine was one of those 90 minute tapes, I think. And call of Cthulhu probably got cut off at the end. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side of the tape was Led Zeppelin four. And I think it speaks volumes about Ride the Lightning uh, that I played the hell out of that side uh, and I hardly listened to Led Zeppelin IV by comparison.
0: <laughs> right, and it's fine because Metallica's sort of been called uh, the modern day Led Zeppelin by critics. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, there have been a lot of books about Metallica. A lot have gone in-depth about their career. Some have focused on the lives of the band or an individual band member but the meaning of metallica ride the lyrics um is the first one that stands out to me that really focuses on the words on the lyrics and goes in depth about uh, the meanings or possible meanings behind a lot of their songs i how did this idea come about what is it about metallica lyrics that stand out to you and made you want to write this book
1: yeah that's right uh so there are lots of great books out there uh, about Metallica, lots of great biographies of the band and insights about uh, who they are as people and what happened here and there and Cliff Burton and all that kind of thing. And there are even some books that talk about uh, some of the stories behind some of the songs, uh, little snippets uh, that have been given away in interviews, what led to this Uh but for me, Metallica really from the beginning. Uh, I was uh, a, a teenager in the middle of uh, an existential crisis and trying to figure out what life was all about, and uh, Metallica spoke to me right from the very beginning, and uh, it's they've been the soundtrack uh, soundtrack of my life ever since. From you know teenage existential crisis through midlife crisis and beyond, and. <laughs> Uh, for me, uh, the, the lyrics have just always spoken. Of course, not every song in the, in the same extent, but uh, it, it's always about, been about uh, message and theme and imagery. And uh, I know some fans uh, tune into uh, to the music and, and the, the lyrics are sort of an afterthought. But for me, uh, the lyrics have always been right up front and what, what I pay most attention to. And so uh, you had mentioned I have this other book, uh, Metallica and Philosophy. Right. Uh, that's a book that that's uh, really u- uh, used to teach philosophy using Metallica. And I'm the editor of that, and I have about 20 other philosophy professors who uh, contributed to it. And it's about taking all different kinds of things, whether it's the Napster controversy or – Uh, what changes the band can go through and still be the same band, all all kinds of issues in addition to the lyrics. Uh, But I I really started writing this particular book uh, the way uh, that's kind of fitting for me uh, as sort of therapy. Uh, I had uh, a sort of uh, professional downturn where I had written a novel that was getting rejected all over the place by publishers and agents and was really feeling scarred by that and, uh, I, I was writing something about that. And uh, as I'm uh, accustomed to doing, I quoted Metallica uh, and that turned into something bigger. I, I just uh, I, the idea of writing like a blog post about it for psychology today where I do some blogging. Uh, but it just sort of took on a life of its own. And uh, one theme for me led to the next. And uh, before I knew it, I had uh, a book like manuscript on my hands.
0: That's awesome. I, to focus a bit on um, the themes because I really liked how you structured the book each chapter it focuses on a general theme and then from there you dive deeper into select songs that focus on the theme whether it's addiction or uh, death or I believe religion is one of them What um, what made you kind of think about structuring the book in this way rather than do you know go album by album or song by song or some kind of more uh chronological or alphabetical order
1: yeah uh, i mean that would have made sense from a purely straightforward logical structure right Uh, take one album at a time one song at a time uh but that's never the way that the band has has spoken to me uh, and I mentioned how I started writing this as a, almost kind of therapy for myself in response to uh, kind of a downturn or disappointment. Uh, right. The final chapter of the book is titled "Resilience: uh, Rise Again and Show Your Scars." Uh, and uh, I was writing uh, about the uh, uh, the song "Broken, Beaten, Scarred," uh, which has that line in it: "Rise Again, Right?" And uh, also bringing in Atlas Rise. Uh, And and so I was writing about that kind of thing. And as I was writing, I had that one quotation that I was going to. It led to another, led to another. And all of a sudden I had, uh, you know, what amounted to a book chapter on the theme of resilience, analyzing uh, different Metallica lyrics. And uh, other topics uh, made even more sense that way. For example, addiction has been a theme that's run from uh, at least Master of Puppets uh, up through Hardwired to Self Destruct, and uh, the way in which uh, the different songs speak to each other, and the way in which, in some ways, uh, a picture of Hetfield himself emerges as you look at the uh, reflections through the lyrics uh, across time and over albums. Right.
0: I uh, really liked how the book, too, um, you know, to, was really. Uh, as part of the deep dive, it did not gloss over any of the catalog. Like there's so many, um you know, one thing about Metallica, there are people out there like myself who like every album, but then there are people who like, you know, certain eras of the band. They focus on the first three albums or the first five records, or uh, maybe they're a newer fan and they, they only focus on the last couple releases or they, you know, they focus on every album, but Sane, anger or what, and I, what I liked was that, your book dives into these themes and brings out songs from each album was that uh was that intentional or was that just or did that just sort of happened naturally during the process
1: well i would have felt negligent by the end of the book if i hadn't done that but it really did come about organically because although i have favorite albums and favorite eras and that sort of thing uh, i i deeply appreciate every metallica album and uh, find a lot to treasure uh, on, on each album so uh, we go all the way from Kill Em All up through hardwired to Self Destruct I even have the Beyond Magnetic EP in there get some yeah. representation and uh, so yeah I mean all, all of it speaks to me and and it's it's funny the way that you mentioned uh, the way different people uh, have uh, their sort of fandom devoted to particular albums or eras and uh, ha- having uh written about metallica and talked to a lot of metallica fans for for many years it's 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 really interesting to me uh the way they really have become almost generations of metallica fans oh, by yeah. which i don't even mean necessarily fathers and sons but like each album gives birth to a new generation of fans and the, the, the album that uh, you discovered the, uh, the band with really tends to speak most loudly uh, to you, I found. It's not uh, a hard and fast truth for every fan, but, uh, you know, for example, I mean, uh, I'm one of those old guys, you know, who start uh, pretty early on with the band, and... Uh, you know the, the load albums are not my favorite. Uh, I like them uh, and I have a lot of real appreciation for the number of songs and uh, the uh, you know uh, the themes and uh, the poetry of those songs. but it, it strikes me that I, if, if I were 15 when reload came out and I bought it with my own money uh, and listened to it a thousand times, that might be my favorite. Metallica album too Uh, there's something about that being of a certain age and uh, making a certain investment uh, in the album and in the band and and it really sticks with you that way
0: absolutely which is why pretty much every guest that comes on here the first time they're on I start with the same question like when did you get into the band because you get so many varied answers you know I've had people on the podcast that You know, like I was at their first club gig, you know, with Mustaine and Rod McGovney uh, in the band. And then other people, you know, were like, well, Death Magnetic was the first album I ever owned by them. Uh, And it's all, like you said, a generational thing. It it, it shows your age, but not in a bad way. And it's great to see a band with 40 years of relevancy, not just being around for 40 years, but 40 years of relevancy where – people have all these different entry points. And, and, you know, for me, my entry point, like I said, was the black album. Um, and I was in, like you were just saying, I was in middle school when load reload came out. So I would not necessarily say those are my, you know, two of my favorite Metallica albums, but I hold them in very high regard because, uh, and, and I, and they have a deeper meaning to me than I think, you know, a lot of older Metallica fans would or maybe some newer Metallica fans would because that's like you were saying I was in middle school buying reload the first day it came out that that that's part of my childhood. It's part of my DNA. So despite all the criticisms those albums faced, and despite the fact that I could travel back in time and uh, get, uh, you know, do my own intro to the early albums. I mean, Master Puppets is my personal favorite Metallica album. But you know, like load is right up there for me near the top, because I mean, that was the first CD I ever owned. So uh, it's 100% true what you said, which is why I always find it fascinating to ask that question and hear what people have to say.
1: It's very hard to be an objective critic when you're also a fan. Uh, And I I wouldn't I wouldn't give up my fandom for anything. I I don't try to put that Uh, Aside, I think uh, hopefully it comes through in in the book that I'm a diehard fan uh, of Metallica. I'm I'm not writing it as some uh, detached, objective observer trying to figure out this phenomenon of Metallica. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I am interested in them in that way too, but I I can't uh, totally take my fan hat off uh, and be objective. And so it, it, it will be interesting... Uh, 20 years from now, or further down the road, even than that, what uh, the evaluation uh, of their whole catalog is and, and where certain albums stand out to people then when they have more of the objectivity of, uh, of temporal distance.
0: Absolutely. A lot of things you said there stand out to me. Um, you know, I, I agree 100%. I, I feel like you can already see sort of. Like an album like Load, I think, is already viewed differently by a lot of people because now that that generation of kids are, you know, my age, we're, the, we're adults now. And so, like, there's an older generation who has a fondness for that era of Metallica. Um, I think you're going to see the same thing with, you know, Sane Anger um, and even maybe Lulu, their Lou Reed record. Like, I think you're going to see these things, not necessarily people be like, Saint Anger and Lulu are the two best things they've ever done, but I think there's going to be a new appreciation for uh, those records, and um, at least among uh, a certain circle of people.
1: Oh, I I, I think you're right. Uh, I mean, it, it's a shame to me that that a number of guys of my generation and and women uh, really uh, have some of the disdain that they do for. Uh, the Black Album and or the Loads because it, it really is more about personal disappointment than it was, you know, looking at what Metallica did, uh, you know, in particular, once you get into the uh, the early 90s and, and grunge starts to hit and that kind of thing, I mean, uh, metal was, was under siege and, right. uh, you know. I frankly missed out on what was best in metal, aside from Metallica, in the 90s, which was probably uh, the stuff that was the underground death metal and black metal that was going on that I didn't even know about uh, because I was in in a way already too old to to tune into what was new. Uh, But uh, it it felt like at the time Metallica, who were supposed to be the standard bearers, uh, were, we're throwing in the towel, and you know, you had Halford going away from Priest for a while, and Dickinson mm-hmm. leaving and lots of uh, hair bands that were just not good, and, and the grunge people just kind of dissing metal. So it was like, oh, you know, we were hoping that <laughs> yeah. Metallica was going to double down on, on thrash and, and whatever else, and, and they didn't. Uh, but but I've come to look at it this way, right? Uh, I, I think. Uh, Ross Halfen, the photographer, has used the phrase listening fatigue or listener fatigue. You know, mm-hmm. you listen to a, a song a thousand times, uh, you know, no matter how great it is, how much more can can you listen to it? Uh, and I have something to say about that, too, in terms of how I wrote the book. I'll, I'll tell you in a moment. But uh, th- there's also style fatigue. Uh, and and if, if if you're tired of hearing uh master of pulpits for the 10,000th time how much more tired must Hetfield and Ulrich and you know, right. Hammett, those guys be right and so they had the right to change the style uh and and you know keep themselves vibrant plenty of bands don't right ACDC Slayer Absolutely, great bands yeah. in own right but uh my goodness the the style fatigue uh so uh, if you can get some some time away from the uh, uh, from the disappointment that they didn't uh, carry the standard flag of thrash or or, or metal when we wanted them to, uh, they did very interesting and and a lot of very good work uh, mm-hmm. on the load albums.
0: Yeah, I think you know, I always say to people who maybe are not. Bands of certain eras, i say just take each album for its own thing. I know it's difficult to do because, you know, they they're the biggest metal band of all time. And I mean, they have some of the most classic albums and biggest albums of all time. But if you can take each album its own thing, I think you will at least walk away appreciating it a bit more. Um, I do want to echo what you were saying, too. Um, you mentioned, you know, really writing the book from uh, a, as a fan. Um, and you know, try not to be too subjective or anything. And, and I trust me as a host of Metallica podcast, I, that, uh, relates to me. Uh, I can relate to that because, you know, uh, I, first I remember I got a, I've said this before, but I've got it. I got like a one-star review on Apple podcasts calling me like a fanboy. It's like, well, yeah, I am a fanboy. <laughs> I, I, that's why I'm hosting this podcast. Like I'm not like taking a, my goal is not to take like a, subjective uh like critical look at the cow like yeah we, do, we there'll be some of that and i'm not saying i'll never criticize anything that they do but it, the the purpose for this podcast is to, like celebrate the band that i love and you know to nerd out about this band that i love Um uh, but when i was reading um your book the meaning of metallica you know it it, it definitely came through that you knew the ins and outs of band history the little nuggets of information that you kind of weave in and out uh, as it's relevant to particular songs and themes
1: well i'm I'm glad to hear that i mean not only did i write the book as a fan but it's written for fans uh it's not written as a book to convince somebody who hates metallica that they really should like metallica uh Some people get, uh, you know, maybe a bit uh, concerned when they hear that I'm a professor. Hopefully it doesn't read too much like the kind of thing that a professor writes. It's the kind of thing uh, that uh, is written by a fan for fans taking a very serious look uh, at the lyrics uh, in a way that I don't think they've gotten a full sustained treatment uh, in this way before. And uh, just to double back on something I was thinking before when we were talking about sort of listener fatigue, uh, it it was a challenge for me in in writing the book of uh, am I going to uh, kind of wear myself out on on listening to these songs over and over and over again to to really nail down in my head uh, the lyrics and, and what they're about? And I, I found a, a different route into that. Uh, I, I sang the lyrics. That, that, that's how I got mm. myself uh, in the mindset of, of analyzing them uh, for this book. I'm a terrible singer. I can't carry a <laughs> tune. Uh, so, I mean, this is me singing in the shower, singing right. while I'm walking my dog. Uh, but it was really amazing uh, for me to, to get inside the songs from that perspective Two, you know, when when you're singing it, you you pick up little, uh, you know, detections of of why a line break is there or 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 how a phrase may double back on another phrase and all that kind of thing. I mean, uh, and and it it fits with with the teaching of poetry where uh, sometimes people are made to memorize a, a poem and it seems like, oh, why do you make me memorize something and recite it? Uh, but you can really kind of uh, do some reverse engineering and really see the ins and outs of uh, of something when when you learn it that way.
0: Totally, totally agree. I, you know, to also kind of double back what you were saying before, how there are some people who listen to Metallica just for the music, and you know, like I'm a musician, I love, I love the musicality of Metallica, I love the riffs, and I I think it, the riffs, you know, can arguably make or break a song but the lyrics though have always stood out to me and uh i've always been fascinated by lyrics i mean i listen to certain artists um just because i really admire their lyrical ability whether it be uh tom waits or nick cave or what have you and you know people who can really tell a great story through song and i've always thought that you know I, I my personal opinion is that James Hatfield is generally an underrated lyricist. Um, you know, I, I know they've been sort of dubbed at, at least once upon a time as like the Thinking Man's Heavy Metal Band because they mostly stayed away from a lot of the cliches, you know, in fantasy and partying and all that type of stuff. Um, but I think despite the fact he's written some of the biggest songs of the last forty years, it sometimes his lyrics are overlooked do you would you agree with that that he's sometimes an overlooked lyricist and where would you sort of rank him as a lyricist in the grand scheme of uh not just metal but rock history
1: well i mean i i would go a lot further than uh than overlooked or underrated i mean i think he really is uh at at the very top uh as a composer of rock poetry i mean uh, when you say rock poetry, uh, you, you have to keep in mind, and I'm sure our listeners realize this, it's not like looking at the lyrics uh, on a printed page, and they're uh, the same thing as looking at Wordsworth or Shakespeare. Those, those are just different mediums. They're, yeah. they're written in different ways. Uh, this is this is words uh, that are meant to be accompanied by uh, music, and so. Uh, that's another way in which the book is written for fans, right? There's a lot of quotation and discussion of the lyrics and mm-hmm. I'm sort of counting on the uh, reader to be hearing the song in their own mind uh, as they're, uh, as they're reading the, the lyrics. Right. And uh, I mean, from, for my money, uh, there is no better uh, lyricist in metal. Uh, I, I won't claim to know uh, in, in know well at all the metal that, uh, uh, falls in the, the genres of, uh, of death metal and black metal. And I know there's a lot of uh, great stuff that goes on there that a lot of people think very highly of. Uh, but uh, I, I put him at the top of, uh, of metal lyricists. And, and frankly, I, I think he stands uh, well in comparison to uh, lyricists of any uh, popular genre. I put him. Uh, uh, I'm not a big Dylan fan. Uh, Dylan got the Nobel Prize for his uh, his lyrics, though. I don't think Hetfield's going to get that anytime soon, <laughs> or in my lifetime. Right, yeah. Uh, and you have to get it in your lifetime, or they don't award it. So I don't think he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think he's no less deserving, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, he, he's he's written the uh, the soundtrack to many many people's lives. Uh, people have found meaning, purpose, solace comfort, uh, everything uh, in those lyrics. And, uh, and just the span of themes as I, I list them out in the table of contents, right? From religion to addiction, death, war, justice, uh, control, resilience. I mean, he, he's really very self-searching, which is not to say that every song is about himself. A lot of them are uh, putting forward characters and uh, narrators, as any good poet will do. Uh, but uh, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't often phone it in. Sometimes he does, uh, but he doesn't often phone it in uh, when it comes to lyrics. Uh, I mean, you get the sense that uh, this is a guy who uh, was not gifted with uh, a voice that uh, many people would have picked out uh, to be the voice of a lead singer, but he was thrust into the position where he needed to be the lead singer of this band, even though he considered for various times, uh, could they get John Bush or Glenn Danzig or, or whoever else? Right. Uh, but, but he made a, he made a virtue of, uh, of his voice. He owns that voice. Uh, I mean, the way that Bob Dylan owns his voice with his odd phrasings and, and his odd nasal pronunciation and the way, you know, Johnny Cash owned his voice with, uh, I mean, the deep... Uh, uh, deep bass but uh not a great sort of singing range i mean uh mm-hmm. headfield does the same with his voice uh and uh he may never have really thought uh that he was going to be uh, a lyricist either but uh, thrust into the position uh he really rose to the challenge and has developed uh, magnificently over the decades
0: absolutely and you know y- I would say, I've said this before on the podcast, very, I think, underrated vocalist too. He's really coming to his own and, um, you know, whether it's his, the falsetto that he can pull out or, uh, you know, he's, he's got more range than some people give him credit for. And even if you take all the technicality out of it, he just has that signature voice. As soon as you hear him, you know, it's Hetfield's. And think about how many people since then has have tried to, you know, rip them off or rip off that style.
1: Oh yeah, and it, th- it just doesn't sound right. Uh, I mean, uh, a, a theme that I, I trace through the uh, through the book, although it doesn't get its own chapter title, is authenticity. Uh, and and Hatfield has always been about being the real thing and being true to himself. Uh, and that comes across uh, in the sound of that voice, and he wasn't really trying to copy somebody else. I mean, sure, he's inspired by other vocalists uh, with certain songs and certain uh, uh, certain things that he does, but uh, really he's making uh, a virtue out of who he is and, and the voice that he has. Absolutely.
0: Now, I'm hoping, I'm not putting you on the spot too much with this one, but uh, what are some of the Metallica songs that the lyrics really stick out to you the most?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, where, where do you even begin? Right. Uh, but, but I very much like the uh, the songs about addiction because uh, you see those really from uh, master of puppets all the way up through hardwired to self-destruct. I mean, master of puppets is a song about addiction uh, and and it's fascinating about who the master of puppets is right it, it's really not the drug even it's it's the person himself the addiction itself and not even realizing uh what it is that's driving him and uh th- this is a, a theme uh where i really enjoy uh, a couple of uh deep cuts on uh on reload uh low man's lyric is a song that has some of my very favorite lyrics. Uh, in it, in, including, uh, the, uh, the line that I think is quite telling where he, he, uh, says confess all to the rain, uh, in the, uh, the narration of the story, uh, the, uh, uh the narrator is basically out in, uh, an urban setting by kind of a trash fire. You can picture right. the homeless people, right? And it's, it's going to rain. Even the homeless people are retreating. Uh, and, uh, he's telling the truth about himself, uh, out loud uh, in this setting. Uh, if anybody were to walk by, they could hear it. But of course, nobody is going to walk by. And it strikes me as something really very fundamental to human nature, our need and desire to confess uh, and to uh, to admit. Uh, there have been websites and, and things like that where you can go and, and dump and post anonymously and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I, I take that, uh, that phrase, confess all to the rain, to be, in a way, what's going on uh, with Hetfield as he's writing that song. He's writing uh, about a character who's a drug addict, but he's uh, coming to grips with his own alcoholism, uh, struggling with it uh, in particular at that time. And uh, also on, on load, uh, the, uh, the closing track, Fixer, which, of course, got its oh, yeah. live right. premiere uh, recently, right, which operates on on a couple of really nice levels, right? The uh, the storytelling imagery of the the voodoo dolls, but you know the pins really uh, in essence being uh, the uh, uh, the pins uh, the uh, the needles of the, of the addicts, right? And some of, some of the lines in there, the way that doubles back to other albums like the Black Album. You mentioned the way that I don't go sort of sequentially album by album or song by song, but the lines in fixer right about uh uh can you uh, can you heal what father's done and fix the hole in a mother's son right sort of parts mm. back to mama said on uh, on the black album and uh just really wonderful uh kind of uh, doubling back around there and uh, i trace it in the uh, the book uh the meaning of metallica further out to things like sweet amber on uh, uh, master of uh not master of puppets nobody's gonna make anger say anger and so those are just some of my favorites uh, but uh, where do where do you begin where do you end really
0: yeah I I I well I think part of the reason too why I appreciate um, like the load and reload era so much is I think it's some of his finest lyrical work. So I think while, you know, at times the riffs maybe took a backseat uh, because they were trying other things musically the lyrics really became front and center on those albums and some of his most deep and personal lyrics uh, even to date
1: yeah no I, I agree but I, I think it's it's a funny thing I think it's uh, feast and famine on the loads and reloads where you have really some of his very best lyrics and uh, I would put low man's lyric in there the house that Jack built is another great song of- that addiction very subtle very uh, intricate when you look at the lyrics of that addiction uh but then i mean load starts with uh with what ain't my bitch and two by four i think that those are really phoned in lyrically
0: i was gonna ask you what you think is uh one of his worst lyrics
1: uh my, my, my (laughs) my, my least favorite is fuel i mean i know a lot of people love the song but i can't even listen to it because i mean It's just one of those dumb heavy metal cliches about fast cars and, you know, whatever metaphor you might want to read there is not very deep or good. And Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, and and listen, that's a fan favorite and they'll play it in concert a lot. And, and, you know, if you're not someone uh, who needs the lyrics uh, to match the quality of of the music, it's just fine. Uh, But, uh, yeah.
0: So you will not be giving him fuel or fire or anything that he desires? Is that what I (laughs) was gathering? No. uh, I'm I'm
1: sorry to disappoint, and I almost hesitate to say it, because, I mean, every song in Metallica's catalog is somebody's favorite.
0: Of course,
1: Uh, yeah. And so somebody who's listening to this podcast, Fuel is probably their favorite, and maybe they even... I mean, maybe they even derived uh, inspiration from uh, from the music. You know, you could see yourself getting psyched up to that, uh, sure. particularly if you're a young kid uh, or, or whatever. So I don't, I don't mean to to diss anything, no, I know. Uh, but uh, if I'm trying to be a bit objective, uh, there you go. I mean, uh, l- looking back to earlier songs, I mean, I, I would put "Jump in the Fire" as among uh, their their worst uh, uh, songs. Uh, lyrically uh, some mm-hmm. people don't like it musically either i, I, I like it quite fine but uh, that was as close uh, as they came to uh, you know the sort of uh, heavy metal satanism uh, yeah. devil stuff you know yeah uh, I, I think Kill 'Em all though it probably is their weakest album lyrically is excellent for what it is i mean for an album, you know, by whatever, 1920 year old kids, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and writing that stuff in, in the sort of uh, genre of heavy metal fantasy, you know, before Game of Thrones was Game of Thrones or whatever, yeah. you know, Tolkien-esque or, or whatever, Phantom Lord and the Four Horsemen. I mean, that's great stuff that way. And it it really was uh, a mission statement for the band, right? I mean, you know, they were on a mission, right, to to really spread that heavy metal gospel. And uh, I didn't get to see them that early on. Uh, The first concert I saw was uh, Master of Puppets tour, uh, opening for Ozzy. Uh, Thankfully, I saw Cliff Burton. That's what my claim to fame there <laughs> uh, and then i saw them on the same tour uh later on uh with with uh with jason but man they were on a mission they were fierce uh yeah. there was just something about it okay and and uh, i i i don't get the same intent I've, I've not seen the same intensity uh a- any time recently from the load era on live now i understand different people have different experiences of that if the first time you're ever seeing them is on, is on load, I mean, I'm sure they come across, uh, intense to you there, but, uh, but it it just seemed, and and these days it it really seems to me much more like a greatest hits show that they're putting on almost the way that you see, uh, you know, the Rolling Stones or something do.
0: Yeah. Those 40th
1: anniversary shows would have been great to be at. And those were something special. And, and, and different and they were really played for you know you know the hardcore fans rather than sure. for somebody who's there as a kind of uh dilettante or wanderer or tourist or whatever
0: right no mad vagabond <laughs> <laughs> there we go but <laughs> well, yeah i was thinking while you were uh talking about all that you know there are those moments in the catalog where they you know kind of dip their toe into some more cliche stuff and it or it, it, you know, like something on like fuel. I think is pretty much on the surface. You know, it's about his love of hot rods. Um, there's not much deepness there. But there are a lot of times in the catalog um, where I do think they they'll take even if it's kind of a metal stereotype, but they'll but they'll go deeper. Like if if you take um, a song you mentioned, fix it. If you take that on the surface, you're like a metal song about voodoo, like whatever. But when you really look at the lyrics and what he's saying, it goes way deeper than, you know, practicing voodoo on a doll. Um And uh, same thing with like a wolf and man, like, it, it, Oh, it's a metal song about a werewolf, but no, it, it's about, you know, more of the animalistic natures of human beings and his, you know, his love of hunting and, whatnot so there's always oftentimes not always oftentimes there you know even when they dip their toe into something that may that could be a little bit cliche or even cheesy i feel like they do heffield does a good job of kind of going deeper into it
1: oh yeah i mean those are two great examples that that you singled out and i i give them both treatment in uh, in the book uh, of Wolf and Man, right? It, it could easily be a kind of an Ozzy Osbourne, Bark at the Moon. Right, exactly. Uh, a, a song I love, and, and Ozzy, who I love probably as much as, uh, as Metallica, uh, but there's not much to that song, right? The, this is more about uh, getting back to your primitive instincts and, and, and recognizing them, and uh, the way in which uh, civilization squashes that in us. I mean, we live in our comfortable... Uh, nerf-like existences and uh, there's something to be said for uh, in the book I talk about uh, Freud's uh, work civilization and its discontents in the way in which uh, Freud thought that we really repressed ourselves uh, in order to uh, fit into civilized society and I think there's a lot of that coming through and of wolf and man and you know certainly as you mentioned fixer right I mean if you took that as just yeah. uh, Like, uh, again, the connection, uh, there's a connection to Ozzy, Little Dolls, off of uh, Diary of a Madman. is a voodoo song, and that's cool because Ozzy's singing it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is not really just a voodoo song. It's really more about addiction and uh, the way in which, uh, you know, we're subject to fate and subject to, uh, you know, the whims uh, of our own, uh, sometimes our own whims and sometimes the whims of others. Absolutely.
0: Um, I'm just kind of throwing this in to have a little bit of fun, but have you ever tortured yourself by analyzing the lyrics of their Ja Rule collaboration, We Did It Again? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that I have not. That, didn't, that somehow didn't make it into the book, you know? Uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, in, in, in the book, uh, I, 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 you know, I give uh, my email address and uh, my yeah. Twitter handle, yeah. and I, I encourage people uh, to get in touch with me. Uh, I, you know, I, sometimes it happens when I, 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 read a book that I like, uh, or I don't like, I, I, I try to get in touch with the author through email or whatever. And, see, and rarely do I get a response. If, if you send me an email uh, or a tweet, a tweet or a twit, whatever you call it, a tweet, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm going to get back back to you because really I I, I picture this book as a a conversation. The best compliment I got from uh, one of the early readers of the manuscript is that she felt like it was having a conversation about Metallica with a friend. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a one sided conversation since I'm doing the writing, but I'm inviting anybody who reads it to get in touch with me. Tell me that I really should have talked about the Ja Rule collaboration. And nope, those nobody
0: will be saying that except Ja
1: Rule, I think. But. Yeah, well, I, it would be cool to hear from Ja Rule. That's fine, right? Uh, but but really, I mean, there are things in the book people will think I'm mistaken about. There will be things yeah. in the book, although I don't cover every song. I mean, every album is covered, and, and, and more than half of most albums uh, get at least some sort of treatment, but I'm sure there are going to be, uh, songs that, that I've left out, uh, that other people think, well, how could you have written a book about the meaning of Metallica and not, uh, included that. So, you know, have at it, let me know. I'd really, you know, welcome the chance for conversation. I love that.
0: And, you know, you, you even make mention, um, at the beginning of the book about, um, I'm obviously paraphrasing here, uh, but, you know, not pretending like you are uh, an expert lyric analysis with all the right answers and you know exactly every single reason why Heffield wrote every single word because you're not him. And lyrics are open for interpretation. You do a fantastic job of analyzing the songs based off your knowledge of the band and uh, context of you know, uh, what was going on in his personal life or professional life or um, in in just, you know, making great sense of the words in front of you. And and I I, I did not personally read anything where I was like, oh, that's an outlandish thought or anything (laughs) like that, you know? It all made sense to me as a Metallica fan. But, you know, it is open for, uh, they are open for interpretation. So what one song uh, means to you might mean something different to me, and James Hetfield might tell us. Well, I didn't write about either of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. So, so that that that's important. And Hetfield's a very private person; plays things close to the vest. He said some things about some songs in interviews, and I've tried to honor that and pay yeah. attention, uh, you know, to that where I could. Uh, but then I'm left sort of relying on uh, the text of the lyrics themselves. And you know, in some cases, particularly when it's about a subject uh, that uh, I know is personal to him, like for example, uh, the God that failed about his uh, upbringing in, uh, in the Christian Science religion, right. and some of his uh, songs earlier, uh, like or Messiah," that are really uh, harsh on uh, organized religion. But, you know, I'm bringing that uh, to bear. Uh, I'm also bringing uh, to bear uh, the, the timeline of things, right? So, for example, uh, a song like Don't Tread On Me has sometimes been misrepresented as uh, a song that was in favor of the first Gulf War, and meanwhile it was written before uh, the first Gulf War. I mean, it just right. happened that uh, the album came out and then it uh, hit popularity. So there are things like that. Uh, that need to be uh, cleared up. And, and then there are things where it, it's really very surprising to me, uh, you know, as I said before, trying to get uh, underneath the songs and reverse engineer them a little bit uh, by singing them. Things like, uh, m- maybe other people knew this and it was obvious, but I I've listened to The Unforgiven 2, you know, a thousand times probably, and it never dawned on me that the narrator seems to kill the woman in it. Uh, and as I unpack the lyrics uh, in, the, uh, in the book, as I analyze it, it seems uh, crystal clear, uh, dead sure she'll be there, and uh, now her eyes are closed. I mean, it just, uh, so with something like that, uh, I'm, I'm really relying on, on the text of the lyrics and trying to read uh, very closely. Uh, and I'm trying to bring to bear some of the skills that, I, that I've honed in, uh, in, in reading and publishing about. Literature. I mean, I've, I've written uh, and published about Shakespeare and Tolstoy and, and lots of, uh, of heavyweights and developed certain skills for analyzing text that way in terms of looking at metaphors and imagery and wordplay. And uh, I'm not saying Shakespeare, uh, in fact, uh, Hetfield is Shakespeare. He might be Bob Dylan, uh, but he's not Shakespeare. Uh, but uh, the same sort of tools... Uh, really do help bring, uh, I think, uh, more of an appreciation to what he's doing with the lyrics.
0: Awesome. Well, where can everybody reach you to carry on this discussion?
1: Yeah. Uh, So if I can say Twitter right or tweet right, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm at William Irwin, right? So that's my name. I-R-W-I-N 38. And uh, people can get me through email, too. Uh, My email is, again, my name, William Irwin at kings, K-I-N-G-S dot E-D-U. You know, please pick up the book, read it, uh, get in touch with me, tell me what I got right, tell me what I got wrong, (laughs) tell me what's missing. Uh, You know, I don't expect uh, Metallica fans to to just say, uh, yes, this is it, and we're done, right? I mean, uh, i think this is a conversation about uh Hetfield's lyrics that really deserves to be had at uh at a, a you know a sophisticated level the way that people have been doing it with bob dylan and other uh rock poets so let's do it uh let let's uh, you know let's really do it
0: i love it i think it's long overdue um we're recording this before the book is out but by the time this episode is released the book will be available everywhere it's called the meaning of metallica Ride the Lyrics, what's the best way listeners can get their hands on this book?
1: I don't tell Metallica fans what to do. Uh, <laughs> whatever they think the best way to do it is. I mean, uh, if you like Amazon, Amazon's got it. If you like Barnes & Noble, Barnes Noble's got it. If you like something else, I hope they have it too.
0: Everywhere books are sold. Right. and I will, uh, I will include um, a link in the episode description to make it one click away for all you lazy people who do not want to Google it. Okay.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'll
0: also put a link to, uh, your Twitter and email. Um, so those are one click away. Let's carry on the discussion. I think it's, uh, I, I love nothing more than nerding out and talking about Metallica. So I think it's great that you want to carry on the conversation and the discussion and recognizing, you know, that it is art and it is poetry and it can be analyzed in many different ways and uh you being a metallica fan you obviously know that some of us are a little opinionated and uh (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just a wee bit passionate about certain things so um
1: it's a great fandom right i mean and and it's an automatic connection with somebody you see somebody wearing a metallica shirt I know that we've got something, uh, you know, important in common. Much more so than anything else that might mark a person out. Uh, being Absolutely. a metal fan in general, a Metallica fan in particular.
0: I I always joke with my wife because, you know, I it, I could wear I could leave the house wearing a full tuxedo. And not a single person in the world will care. Ben <laughs> and I compliment me. Nothing. I leave the house wearing like an old ratty Metallica t-shirt, and multiple people will stop me and be like Metallica, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love That's your
0: good. shirt. You know, like it, it yeah. has. It it does not matter where I go, whether I go, you know. To targeted to buy diapers for my daughter whether i uh i remember several years back when on vacation costa rica and in local uh local people were stopping me saying oh metallica yeah you know it, it, it uh it, no matter where i go i get compliments from metallic teachers because like you said it's like it, it it's like a uniform it's like oh it's like a if you're into sports. Oh, and you see somebody wearing a jersey. Oh, you like you like the same sports team I do. You like the same band I do. All right, we we have that in common. We have common ground. And
1: uh, but most, you know what? I think it goes yeah. beyond like a sports team, right? Because uh, there are, there are plenty of. Uh, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and and just because you're a Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers fan like me, I'm not necessarily going to feel a close emotional bond with you. But I, I, there's That's just true. something bigger. Uh, there are there are I mean I, I don't know uh, I, I just think it, it's a it's a fandom and it's a a culture that it has a, a more ready made connection than, than just about anything else
0: i I agree with that I mean to back up your point, I've been to sports games and I've never once hugged a stranger and sang <laughs> and like cheered along with them whereas a metallica show you're on the floor you're in the heat of the moment you look yeah. at the guy next to you you're both screaming the words and you're gonna embrace some way and you know <laughs> join together as like brothers and for the yeah. for that moment you know so i a hundred percent agree <laughs> that's, it. that's it that's it especially if you've had both had a few beers and it makes wow, it you know, helps yeah start. yeah
1: <laughs>
0: uh William, thank you so much for coming on Metallica. This was a great conversation. I hope you can come back on again whether you have something to promote or not, and we will talk more Metallica.
1: Love to, Brandon. Thanks. Anytime. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. So please check out the links in the episode description to uh, Find William on Twitter to email him, carry on the conversation. Of course, purchase the new book, The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. You can follow me on social media, at Metallica's Pod, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I want to give a shout out to Bison, who does our uh, intro music here on Metallica's. Please check out the links in the episode description to give him your support uh, and to check out more of his awesome music. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and metal up your ass. Yeah! Fans not experts.